Purchasing a Shure microphone, get your goddamn numbers right. Yeah, or else you won't be able to do a podcast for three fucking weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, Chris. Yep. Hey, good to see you. Just um, looking through my collection of Shure microphones here, and uh, yeah. which like... ones do you have? Do you have the always elusive uh, Shure forty-eight microphone that yeah, no one's ever purchased in the whole entirety of the world? It's a very rare, very rare, very obscure uh, microphone that. Uh, we or no one should ever use ever in their lives. Uh, yeah. That's a little public service not. announcement. I don't know, though. I, you know, I did uh, this is boring but for our listeners, but I did a little like online research. And for the listeners that don't know, and for the listeners who have been dying for a podcast, we've had some real snafus with mm-hmm. our uh, mm-hmm. Technical our difficulties, audio. as we've we like a, to call we've them. We've had a ton of technical difficulties. As Chris advances into the world of the Zoom recorder, <laughs> uh, we we had a failed. I mean, first of all, I will take full full blame. The first podcast missed was because of Greyhound. I was picking up a friend, right. Sharon, sure. uh, yep. from a Greyhound. And Greyhound buses give you a window of about nine hours. Uh, so I was constantly waiting for her bus to arrive so we Get could what record. You for. Then uh, we did record one that was just pure shit. And, oh. then, uh, yeah. and finally we, we tried to record another and it just didn't work. And here we are. Yep. We've got all the right equipment. Mm. I think we're going to sound great. Except for I'm us. I'm excited for it. It's 2020, Chris. <laughs> it is. Uh, What's your resolution this year? Oh, Chris, I don't, uh, I don't have any. I don't do those stupid things. I think that's, that's a, good. I think that's a waste of time, and I just—it's a big, it's a big. It just uh, fools everybody into thinking that they're they need to like once a year they need to like improve themselves instead of constantly improving themselves throughout the year, Chris. See, I have a different take. Uh, my goal is to like find the hardest. Uh, the hardest version of a New Year's resolution that you break within minutes. And oh. then you just are like, you're free of it. Yeah. So this oh, year, okay. my New Year's resolution was to not talk behind people's back, <laughs> which is actually impossible. impossible. Life is talking behind people's back. Right what now, else is there to enjoy is us life? Talking behind people's back. <laughs> I guess it's impossible. I was like, wow, I couldn't. I lasted 15 minutes. I, you just do. Yeah. You just do talk behind people's back. And it's what makes life fun. So I, yeah. uh, yep. I'm not, I'm not like the Lord. Like, what am I supposed to be out here spitting the, the, <laughs> spitting the truth in front of people's face all the time? Well. Uh, so I tried. Maybe. I failed. Yeah. It's over. Okay. It's Jan 8. I'm, yeah. free of my, I'm free of that bullshit. So I think we both sort of had a similar approach. Yeah. Right. Sure. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I will say New this. New Year's resolutions. Um, Does anybody do New Year's? Do they actually do New Year's resolutions? Do they convince themselves that this is. I would like, love to meet somebody that that duh, like that like kicked it in the ass. It was like, yo, Jan one, I fucking boom. committed to like not smoking. In fact, I wonder. You know what's weird? My gra- so here's a funny one. My grandfather, Grandpa Ray, mm-hmm. rest his soul. Uh, he's a big. He was a big drinker and a big smoker. Um, mm. And uh, long long before I knew him. And one the 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 tale is is that on New Year's Eve, uh, a million years ago, he. Uh, Got stuck in the ice uh, coming out of a bar. Um, for got out of his car uh, and neglected to put it in park, Ooh. and then pushed his car, fell under it, 
and ran over it himself. Oh my god! And what? came out unscathed and quit drinking and smoking that day. Wow! And that was it. Yeah, okay. He was a he. I only ever knew him as a sober person. So whether or not that is true, and whether or not that has anything to do with New Year's or just being a total dipshit drunk on the uh, he, night, he, right. he saw the writing on yeah, the wall. Sure. And uh, so that's the only resolution that I know, but I don't think that was a resolution. I think that was like a no, holy shit. It was a wake up call. It just yeah, happened it to be on New Year's call. Eve. Exactly. Right. Like, like he wouldn't have. You, like if that happened like three days later or something, he probably wouldn't have been like, nah, whatever, hell with it. That's already New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, would, it could happen on like August third. The motherfucker right. would have been like, nah, I'm probably gonna just take. A yeah. Break or I'm gonna wait three, six, or four months, however long it is, to New Year's. Then I'm gonna quit. This is a this is a warning. Yeah, this is yeah. A warning. This is a first <laughs> warning. I get three of them. <laughs> I don't Listen, know why your grandpa talks all gruff and like. Drive uh, over my head once. Shame on you. <laughs> drive over my head twice. <laughs> shame on someone else three times. Shame on me. That's on me. That's on me. <laughs> the funny thing, my grandpa didn't talk like that at all. No. He talked like this. He was very. He had like a very announcer's voice. Oh. Mm. Yeah. He he had a. He'd be like, uh, he was kind of a top of the morning to you. He was very like into mornings and and oh, post them. He was yeah. just a happy-go-lucky guy. Okay. Really fun guy. Oh, good. Fun uh, guy. So fun one time, actually, he crashed his car into a cop car and <laughs> talked his way out of it in his 90s. <laughs> this guy has a problem with cars, man. <laughs> yeah. He pulled the vet card. He was like, oh, like he pulled, like, oh. I think he probably threw on his like, WW2 hat yeah. like, as oh, he yeah. was getting out of the car. Yeah. And the cops were like, listen, we're insured. <laughs> Listen, just be careful yeah. next time. He crashed into a cop car. So right. That's Ray. That's Ray McMillan. Rest his soul. Right, he was Ray. a great guy. Good job, Ray. Yeah. Yeah. Proud of you. Uh, so yeah, speaking of degenerate <laughs> degenerate behavior. <laughs> I just want to jump great right segue. in. Great segue. Great segue, Chris. Go Masterful. Ahead and say that uh it happened. Uh you know this because mm-hmm. it happened to me yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh I was offered a DraftKings credit card. <laughs> With my name on it. So it's an actual credit card. It's not just like a DraftKings like So what it is credit. is it's so here's what it is. It's a it's in association with this company called Play. Hmm. Uh, and basically what it that is. That sounds is legit. A, it's a debit card. So you as you stockpile uh, your account, uh, you can use it as a debit card for like a fee at any ATM and pull out your earnings. Oh. And I think you could probably I would guess you could deposit money sure. that way too. Yeah. So basically it's like for the for the gambler that's just keeping their gambling money in their DraftKings account and mm-hmm. is pulling it out like right. secret, right, 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 right. So it's kind right. of, in a way it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like PayPal or or um, where you can you can link it to your account then basically your your like your bank account. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, you uh, you can um, and then you transfer money back and forth or use it or however you or want pull to. it just pull it out as cash. Right, 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 right. Yeah, as totally. a regular yeah. ATM. Yeah, yeah it's. Right. I mean, it, so it's not a credit card. They're not giving me money. They're right. not like, hey, why don't you? Right. that would? I think that's illegal uh, to credit money. That's a that's a loan shark. <laughs> oh right, sure. Right, there's some. So it yeah. has to be money in the account already. Um, but man, it was it was so funny. So I've been waiting for like I've been waiting for the shoe to fall. I've been waiting for the the like the ten ninety nine from DraftKings because they've got to tax this shit, right? Like there has to be a moment where DraftKings is like, "Yo, Chris, uh, you got to pay taxes on this." But I've just been not. I've just been waiting for it. And yesterday we got this envelope in the mail, and it was like DraftKings. And Chris was like, "Ha ha, here it comes." And I was like, "Nope, it's a credit card." Yeah, I get more I'm money in deeper. <laughs> 
Oh man, that's um, yeah, that's I'm proud of you. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, but it does lead it does lead into a, a great idea that you had, and I would love for you to explain this to our listeners. Um, the setup is this: I got a text message from one of our listeners uh, saying that uh, New York uh, New York gamblers, New York degenerates, uh, have been taking NJ Transit. Uh, two New Jersey, like the first New Jersey stations to place bets and then just going back. <laughs> so they're basically like circumventing the the bookie by buying a ticket to, uh, I mean, I would guess like, my guess is that it's probably dudes in Midtown. Yeah. That are like, like getting on a train. Or downtown uh, financial dudes that just go to. to hit, hit, hit the path. Hit the path. Go, yeah. Yeah. Go right. to Jersey City. Yep. Right. So, Chris, what's the what did what did that then inspire you to to conceive? <laughs> well, it it makes too much sense though. Is like so if if these guys are legitimately just taking the train across the river, um, why doesn't DraftKings or or some of these other sort of like um, gambling or betting sites whatnot kind of bring back craft dongs? You draft dongs, craft dongs. <laughs> my, favorite, my favorite new. Uh, Lay down, lay down a big one. <laughs> yeah, they're all, craft dongs are only available at uh, local uh, massage parlors. Yeah, see. there's so many tie-ins here. You could just. <laughs> so, <laughs> we should really get into this business, Chris. I think because I think we got a lot of good ideas here. But the, it's hard to break into. I don't know, man. I think I need. We need to. We need to talk to some people here to start. Uh, so start getting some of these ideas on the table here, maybe because I think we're. I think we're onto a few things here, but. Yeah. My idea specifically was with why it doesn't, you know, DraftKings or some of these other these other gambling sites or 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 whatever you want to call them, start kind of bring backing the uh, bring back like the the OTBs that used to populate New York for for uh, you know off track betting for horse racing and whatnot. Right. But instead of doing that, they're it's just it's for actual gambling and just have these have these like a little kiosks or little you know because they weren't that very big those OTB you know. No, they places. were like this. They were they, for those of you that never got to experience an OTB. They were like a grimy laundromat. You yeah. Know, like your, your, right. your washer breaks. Yeah. And you're like, fuck, I got to go to like a right. hole in the wall laundromat. Or, yeah. Or Same it's, like a, vibe. it's like one of those Same. like uh, check cashing places. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Right. Perfect. That's even right. Better. Where it's yeah. just a little kind like of hole in the wall. A check cashing place that you could smoke. Yeah. In. Like, yeah. It's really the only difference. Right. So do that, but do it for, do it for gambling and just have, you have a booth or even if it's just electronic kiosks or something even. Where it's yeah. like it's like we're, the, we're actually with the path train where they where you you know you can swipe your credit card you get your ticket for the trains, or whatever and you just have these places where these guys can actually go lay down some bets and stuff and actually kind of mill about and and place multiple multiple bets or whatever kind of stuff I, I think it's a it's, you know if that's what they're doing and they're going specifically to these train stations why wouldn't you put something in those train stations to help I know it's all like mobile and everything's on no, apps but, and but stuff I, mean, I remember so so MSG you like. DraftKings did a, a sponsored bar. Yeah. Like the DraftKings bar at MSG. And they had kiosks, but I could never understand. Like, I think that, like, they had, like, video screens. And I think that it was, they were just anticipating it being legalized. Cause that was when mm -hmm. I think just fantasy sports were legalized. So you could, like, you could bet on their fantasy thing. Yeah. Right. But not on all sports. Right. right. So it was just for you to, like, do their daily fantasy or whatever. Yep. Um, so I, to me, it would just be that. It would just be an extension of that. Like next to the Dunkin' Donuts, like yep. you said, right. is a fucking – is a DraftKings. Yeah. And you go in and it's a little seedy. Um, <laughs> maybe a couple oh, yeah. TVs oh, on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Now, a couple, what I would do, you know, a couple women I, with like a little bit of clothes on or something, you know, so, just so to kind of. That's exactly where I was going with this. Now, <laughs> what little little known fact: New Jersey has very weird laws when it comes to uh, to uh, gentlemen's clubs. Mm. They are full nude, but they are drink free. So why not DraftKings DraftKings gentlemen clubs, <laughs> where you can gamble? <laughs> Look at look at bo- boobs and beach, and uh, and keep it sober. You know, mm-hmm. like you don't need a drink. Come no, on, no, you don't need a drink. Right? No, no. So I feel like there's a an empire chomping at the bit. I know that DraftKings has done a deal with uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, um, mm. which is uh, which is a good one. Yeah. But I think that this this I mean maybe this is a play on that. But this is feel, it feels like it's too ripe for the taking. Like it's it's you you don't want to I mean you don't want to feel like that guy that's going into like the path station to place bets. Like that's a, that's a low, that's a low. It is it, right. It is. But so my, yeah. you know, might as well just have a, take a, one a $5 step further, round man. trip or whatever. $7 right. round trip. Like, right. you could, yeah, I, uh, I mean, when, uh, you can even, if, would, even if, you, if this actually might be a good tie in then for those kinds of things, like, so if you do go and gamble there, you get like a free subway ticket or something or a path ticket back. Oh God. Right? So you don't that's have to pay genius. for it. And a, a, a DraftKings Metro card. Yeah. Right, it's branded. I mean, send, what, dude? If it if you got the stupid debit card, it would be just as easy to swipe that <laughs> yeah, at right? the path station mm-hmm. as it would anything. Yeah, boom. Wow. Boom. I mean, it's in the. It's got to be in the hopper. It's, it can't be. This cannot be an original idea. It's too good. Well, the only drawback for me, again, like he's saying, is like all this is mobile. So why do they need these little kiosks? Maybe in the first place. But I, there's probably a percentage of people out there who would probably prefer for the New York market. New York's so far behind on this. It, right. it makes no sense. I mean, honestly, the. This should be the wake up call to Cuomo to be like, wow, people are commuting out of town in order to like place legal bets. Like there's nothing illegal about this. It's not like being an ex bachelor contestant. <laughs> Gaming game, the system. Game the system in the most obvious fucking way. With his fiance? It, it, no, the or her no, or her fiance. Her fiance. Or her, yeah. yeah, let's not let's give credit where credit is due. Right, it's her uh, easy segue right into this. And this is the story of the week if you're into gambling. Uh the uh an ex-bachelor contestant, Jade. I can't remember her last name. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Uh, I'm a big Bachelor fan. Oh. Uh, in fact, I've already watched. If you're not watching the season, you're missing out. Uh, it's going to be a good one. Uh, I, I love The Bachelor. Uh, it's also a good gambling show to watch. Mm. You can pick. You can pick uh, mm-hmm. I'm in on Michaela. Or okay. McKenna, sorry. McKenna this okay. year. Um. So anyway, uh, the uh, Jade, a former contestant on The Bachelor, uh, who got kicked off because the dude found her like porn. Uh, the Bachelor was like, "Yo, uh, I'm not really into marrying a porn star." And she was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, uh, "These videos of you doing porn." He's <laughs> like, "Oh, I'm sad now." And he's like, "Goodbye." And then she married some. She met some dude on Bachelor in Paradise, which is for the horniest and most disgusting mm. ex Bachelor contestants. Mm. Uh, and now is a, uh, an influencer and also, a uh, I guess a fantasy gambler. Yeah. What she, Who, I done, think, I think her, her fiance, her boyfriend got her into it. Well, she, she she's kind of like the, she's kind of like the Jennifer Tilly of, uh, oh, of, yeah. uh, sports gambler. Oh, this makes me like her even more now then. Right. Yeah. Cause Jennifer Tilly is a, is a card shark. She's yes. a great, she's yeah. a Holden player. Right. Uh, so anyway, this Jade chick, uh, who is a knockout, don't get me wrong. Okay. I recommend you uh, you uh, use Google your um, 
Yeah, go go incognito in your Google Chrome and check <laughs> look up a Jade Playboy. He'll be excited. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the um, what she done, which is a crazy a crazy good move, right? Uh, for for an asshole, uh, is uh, she basically her and her fiance or husband, whatever, um, placed the maximum 150 bets each, uh, and if you combine like uh, on a daily fantasy for a million dollar winning, uh, she hit. On one of them, but the thing is, is like they could not have been more obvious. A, everyone knows they're married. B, everyone knows they're into DraftKings. C, uh, they of the 300 picks, they did 298 unique picks of their fantasy teams, <laughs> which means they just went through and were like this player with this player, this player with this player, right. which takes time. That takes a lot and, of time. And I think each bet is 25 bucks. Right. So if you multiply 25 by 300, uh, I mean that's like 7,500. Dollars or is that right? Am I right? Right? Uh, or is that? Yeah, I think that comes out to seventy five hundred dollars. Off the the that's back of the envelope. Um, I mean, so there's an investment, right? Wait, twenty five times three hundred. Twenty five times thirty. Oh no, three hundred. Yeah, what is that? Yeah, seven, yeah, seventy five hundred. Yeah, so seventy five hundred dollars from and they and she she hit. One's a million dollars, and now is definitely going to be investigated. And, well, she and just I won't think, get paid out, I think, right? I hope that's the worst that could happen because it's fraud. Um, I guess, and to some degree, but only, only it's not like well, it's like counting cards, right? You can't go to jail for counting cards, right? I think it I feels don't know. Like I don't that. know the laws. Like I, I don't I, know if like a, I don't know if they'll prosecute her or like they'll just be like, listen, you you didn't uh, follow the rules technically. Here's the here's the here's the fine print. You can't you do this. I mean, right. I hope she's I hope she's got like the scummiest lawyer in the world because DraftKings <laughs> doesn't need the million dollars. They're fine. In fact, no, the and they do this alone. To, they do this to people it, all the time, apparently too. Yeah, so this is a this is a million dollar this is a million dollar publicity for DraftKings so, or Kraft Uh depending on where you live. Um, <laughs> but I but it, it does, you know. It's like I so I'd heard a similar not story, but uh, a friend of a friend. I'm not gonna. This one's gonna remain nameless. Um, a brother of a friend actually, uh, has come up with a pretty good system that for, for gaming Vegas, uh, which is just, it's just being a sharp really. But apparently what he's done is he's created a master spreadsheet of the first player to score each NBA game huh. and keeps a running list and then bets the, uh, bets the, uh, like does like, like a, a multiple player parlay. Um, on every night based on the odds of each player scoring oh. as they have in the past, like a trend. Interesting. So it's a trend spreadsheet. And apparently he hit like 14 grand the other day. Wow. Um, now that is a, that's a sharp move. That's play. That's playing an edge, which is also what Jade did. That's playing an edge. Totally. You know, like, I guess. Uh, and it feels like, th- I mean, I'm like, fuck, do I need to make one of these spreadsheets? Like, <laughs> Does it exist online? Like it's a lot of I mean, time and effort, though, man. Like I, that's you know. I know, but does it? What's this like? This stats, whatever that everyone's so analytics about. Yeah, like not analytics, but there's like a there's a site. It's like Next Gen. Oh right, do you well think yeah. Next Gen has this shit out there. Probably not to that degree on that one, maybe. But they've got a lot of tracking systems and stuff, so they. I'm, it might be out there. Like they just might not publish that because like why? Um, because, because me. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, but I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's dudes out there who have, um, you know, there's some dudes on Twitter I've seen, you know, kind of talking with something similar things in that style. 
you know, everyone always, I think that's, I think that's kind of the new thing to do is like some of these guys who try to get into gambling, try to have, have, have a, have a profile in gambling or do whatever and get into that business, maybe side of that, um, always tries to come up with like, and, and analytics does a lot of that too. Like some of these guys get hired by teams eventually because they come up with these stats, right. And they come up with these innovative ways to sort of look at the game or, or, or these spreadsheets and these create all these things and blah, blah, blah. So I think there's something to that, obviously, and a lot of people do that. And I think the, the guys who do that in gambling probably don't share that information too much right. um, because, you know, or they'll do it where you have to pay for their services or something like that. And then you can get access to their to their spreadsheets or something like that. So, I, you know, it's definitely doable and, I, and I'm sure it's definitely profitable, but you you do sort of have to be a brain to some degree and, and, and figure out what that stat is or, or see that, what that is, and then start tracking it like this guy's done. For sure. There's like, a level of commitment that I'm not willing to put into no, gambling. Yeah. Like, I've, I've just, I'm like... I've tried and thought about it to some degree and that kind of stuff, and I'm just like, this is, you know, just... Just um, you know, f- for our purposes and tracking like the, the 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 dogs and the favorite and who wins each week, is is time consuming enough for myself that I'm just like, oh yeah. man, like I got to do this again, you know, like so I can only imagine taking that to the nth degree on on, on those on things like that, like man, forget about it. Ugh. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I know, and plus it also just makes you. Uh, it makes it well, hurt, I, man. There's well, too many the, numbers, dude. I'm not a numbers guy. I like analytics and I respect what they do because I, when I try to like follow it and look at it, especially with baseball years ago, I was like, this is exhausting. (laughs) Just reading and looking at the numbers. I was like, this is exhausting, man. Yeah. It could be fun. I don't know. It can be fun, but it's gotten too much. I couldn't stay on top of it. Like exactly. There's a level, there's a, there's a huge percentage of my gambling success that relies completely on luck or how much I've been drinking that night. Like, (laughs) You know what I mean? Like yes, it's totally. Here's an ex, here's a perfect example. I the other night, so Kristen, as everyone knows, uh, my wife, once I once my gamble my uh, my DraftKings account gets over two hundred dollars, she makes me cash out and and send her money. Um, so the other day, it got over, uh, and I tried to sneak a bet in, so it went under, and she <laughs> caught me. And she was like, you got it. She's like, this is, this is against the rules. You got to like, whatever. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. I'll send you. Uh, I was like, I'll just like, let, let, let these bets pan out that I placed for this weekend and whatever happens, I'll send you the money. And of course I immediately like sneak a $25, like three team parlay in that <laughs> night, <laughs> which hits, which hits. And then I was like, boom, I'm back up. Here's your money. She's like, that is gambling addiction. Like you can't. You can't do you can't do that. And I'm like sitting there and I'm like, huh, but should I place one more bet? And I was like, oh my God, it is. That is gambling addiction. Yeah. And, and it play like it it's all about like the uh, the ebbs and flows. You have to be robotic about gambling if you want to be successful. Yes. Have, like, exactly. No emotion, right, no alcohol, right, no you no gut feeling, nothing, none of that shit. You just go by the numbers, you play the one percentage edge, you bet a shit ton of money. And so you can get some return, and that's a successful gambler. We, yes. right. unfortunately, newsflash to our uh, to our to our listeners, we're not that. <laughs> well, technically, we are uh, successful gamblers um, because our our season totals are in the winning column. Chris, let's do it. Let's go right into picks. That's okay. a, that's so smooth. I love it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> No, I can't continue it. No. So uh, for the season, Chris, after week 17, just the regular season alone here, we finished 
wow, we finished almost actually tied. Uh, but we were what? also in the win Hold column. The phone. We were Hold in the win column. The phone. Yes. I am not letting you just sneak that in. I was gonna just be like, "Oh, good, cool. I'll just listen to what Chris has to say." <laughs> I'm opening this for myself. <laughs> so after week 16, you were three games up on me, and we both had uh, winning season total records. Okay. Week 17 wow. that's, came. That's a that's a positive. I feel good about that. Yeah. And then week 17 came. Yeah. Uh, and you went seven and nine. I, I shit the bed. You did. And I went 10 and six and I crushed it because I think, what, remember, we talked about this and I don't remember what it was, but I think you were taking, were you taking most of the dogs or something? I took a lot of road dogs. Yeah. Um, it didn't work out for you necessarily. You did oh, okay. And it's stupid. It's like week 17 is such an easy, like, I'm, I, the thing is, is like after we did, after we, did all talked it through. I went back and I bet against myself and, mm -hmm. uh, and would have won if fucking Seattle could fucking score a goddamn goal line, <laughs> goddamn touchdown. <laughs> you were so right about that. Fucking chokies, <laughs> the goddamn chokers. Anyway. Uh, but we so finished, we, we finished the season both with 129 wins. Right. You had one less loss. I had so one less loss because only because I didn't bet a game, I think, in week 16. You didn't bet two games, actually. Okay. So right. we're not going to. We won't. Right. I think maybe you should just give yourself one loss and one win. <laughs> <laughs> but that's fucking crazy. I would love to know how the last three years, we how we finished. Because this this feels like pretty. It's all kind of close. We were, we were all within, like, we're in the 120s, I think. Um, well, so anyone that's ever. The, anyone that doesn't understand the origin story of this podcast, and first of all, it started off as a as a fake podcast, which turned into a radio show, which then became a podcast. And the idea was is that Chris had never gambled on sports, and I'm a super genius about gambling on sports. And it was going to be like a, oh hey, what does somebody who knows about gambling? How can they do against someone who doesn't know anything about gambling? Uh, we've done this for three seasons. Now. Uh, we've come. I mean, if we if we want to end it now, we probably can. The bottom line is, is when two people are talking about sports that like have equal interest, we basically convince each other to bet basically the same things over and over again, right? Like, and 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 so and what we've learned is that our collective knowledge of sports is about a little over five hundred. We're like, uh, so it's not like we're. I don't know how we keep averaging out every fucking year and basically having a very similar score uh, against each other each time. But it is, uh, it's wild. I've, I can't believe that three years we've been this close. Yeah. So this is a long pause to let everyone know we had some more technical difficulties, <laughs> but we figured that more. You don't have to tell everybody. <laughs> uh, this is not Chris. This is the IT department where, uh, not for nothing, mm. uh, but it's all worked out. So go ahead. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Chris, so just so everyone knows, we basically finished um, dead even uh, again this year. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then we went into wildcard weekend. We did. Uh, and we placed some bets. Now, oddly enough, again, I went against my gambling advice and uh, snuck a three-team parlay because after we talked, I had forgot that last year – all the road dogs won or pushed. Oh. And, uh, and actually the year before, a similar thing happened. So what I did was I just went ahead after Buffalo shit the bed. I placed a three-team parlay on uh, all the road dogs. And, 
and because I got Seattle at minus one, um, or plus one, sorry, they were officially a road dog. Thank God they weren't a pick 'em. Uh, I got that, uh, I got that as well. So, um, I did hit a three team parlay in, uh, craft dongs, but here in the, uh, not for nothing studios, I was one and three. <laughs> you were, you were, I, I like, I, I kind of like this idea of you just sort of gambling against yourself every week too. Then it's great. It's like, we talk it through. Right. And then I'm like, I'm full of shit. And then I go, but gamble against <laughs> myself. It works out. I recommend you do the same. Well, thing. it was it was well because when we were texting each other uh, these these scores because we couldn't do a show and and I even said too like we both picked New Orleans it was minus seven and a half but I even texted you back and I was like that Minnesota one is kind of sneaky good. Yeah. Um, it's, it's settled at seven, I think. Okay. Where I got it. Yeah. Um, Still, it didn't matter because they won the game. Yeah, but seven and a five, seven and a half should have been a, like. I mean, that's what we are, like. That's our meat and potatoes. We right. love us. We love that point. The half point, right? And Minnesota's no slouch actually offensively. You know, so it's not like they weren't going to be completely shut out here and stuff. So I, I, I knew, I knew we made a mistake with New Orleans, but whatever, that was fine. Like we, like you said, you corrected it on your own end when you actually gambled money on it. So that was that worked out well. And Seattle, I had no, I, I had no conceivable reason to bet against them this week because I knew they were a better team than Philadelphia. Philadelphia had so many guys injured. Dude, they would have lost if fucking Carson Wentz wouldn't have gone out. I'm not sure they would have. I'm not sure they would have. I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't he know. wasn't playing that great. what the fuck. Pete, is Pete Carroll just got Marshawn Lynch back so he can, like, fuck with him? Like, I, it's so weird. He's got this dude Homer out there running around. Now, like, Turbin's back. Like, what the fuck is going Like, I, I do not understand. I mean, Pete Carroll's a smarter man than I. Uh, but he, so Pete Carroll just can't, he, he can't handle sort of adjustments and change too easily. Like, he just has to stick to his game plan. And his game plan is hard. Like, you'll notice there's a big reason why they're a different team in the second half is because they can make those adjustments at halftime. They can't, he has a hard time, and as a team has a hard time in making those adjustments on the fly. Right. And it's a big thing. It's, it's why if they start out slow in a game, they can't, they don't, turn it around until halftime they did it against san francisco in the last in, in week 17 right they were they were trailing and they were getting their butts whooped basically except for on the uh, except for on the scoreboard too which is another weird thing is that they do a really good job of holding teams uh to low scoring right so they they bend it's the whole bend but don't break philosophy kind of thing but they take it to an extreme where they'll let you go all the way down the field and then once you get in the red zone you, a lot of times you end up selling for field goals or like maybe once in a while you get a touchdown and that, that keeps Seattle in the game and then come well, the second half, there's all of a sudden they, they, can, they are able to make adjustments and game plan versus the, the, the team, the other team, and then they can start scoring touchdowns. It's really bizarre, but it, it happens almost every game. Here's what, I mean, Pete Carroll outcoached Doug Peterson. And in fact, I think that if you looked at all of these games, minus the Houston Buffalo game, the, it was a matter of, a coach out coaching the other coach. Yeah. Um, and in this instance, I, if Doug Peterson recognizes the fact that this game is going to be close and that he's starting a first time playoff quarterback who's 40 years old, who's having a tough, that he doesn't trust to throw the ball, then why is he not taking every fucking point he can get? Like, why is he going for it on fourth down? If he, he had three trips down, yeah. that game should have been much closer. Right. should have been at least put the pressure on fucking Pete Carroll to have like six more points on the board. Right. Um, which is a weird defense. Right. It was a, it was a stupid strategy um, because then he doesn't like let McCown do anything. I mean, and, and so it was just, to me, it was like Pete Carroll lucked out a little bit because 
because Doug Peterson's a bad coach. And also, like, I don't know if that was an audible on that last play to Metcalf or if that was a planned call by by Pete Carroll, but that was a fuck. That's what I want my team to do every time in that situation. You mean at the like, end of the game? Yes. Yeah. That last pass. That like, was third I think, down. That's that's. That's a, I mean, that's a Brady play. That's a, like, that that is so huge. unlike Pete Carroll. Like that normally, and he, there's plenty of games that he will take that third down. He will just run it for a yard or two and try yes. to milk that clock down as far as he can and then punt it. And that is 89% or probably more than that. It's probably 97% of the time that's what Pete Carroll will do. And I think he, someone talked him into it saying, hey, listen, the last four or the last couple series, we had no chance running this ball. And especially the, 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 the first two downs on that, on that series itself, when they were backed up in the end zone there, like they had no Fletcher chance Cox running that ball. Fletcher Cox is a boat. bad man, dude. Fletcher yeah. Cox is a bad man. Right. I fucking, I got mad respect for that dude. So I think, I think someone, I think whether it was Schottenheimer's offensive coordinator or Russell Wilson, someone was like, dude, we need to, we need to do this. And I think they saw something there that they could, they could bite on that. And, and Oh, you mean that they have a, f- 42 foot receiver that well, like no but that, that, that philly was expecting the run there because probably oh, yeah, that's yeah. what Pete carroll does and they were expecting yeah. to be able to do that and so but yeah you also had you also had dk metcalf who who was probably way taller than any of their their cornerbacks it's that a, they were able I'm, to do that and, and basically jump ball that kind of thing i mean that dude was dropping that pass earlier this season yeah, so he was. i mean he's definitely i mean he was like in his zone he was like he was feeling himself he and was. that's all he I had mean, a great game. Com- that was a big he's a he, confidence. He guy, had the right? most. I think he has the most yards as a rookie in a playoff game now. It is true at one sixty one. I right? believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was incredible. Um, so, but so, it, like, but to your point though, and the last thing I want to say about the game though is that if okay, if Doug Peterson pushed it and went for it a little more and scored a little more points, I think what Seattle does is they sort of just played to the situations and the opponent. Um, yeah. but, but he, I think he would have been a little more aggressive then because he would have had to have been because the game would have been closer, which might've created more opportunities for the defense. I don't know. Right. I'm, or for I'm Seattle no, or no for Russell Wilson coach. to open things up a little bit too, because as soon as they get a lead, they usually take the, 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 the foot off the pedal a little bit and they started, they try to grind it out as much as they can. So, but if not, and if it's a closer game, a la San Francisco, as an example, is that they start pushing it and going for it a little bit more. So to say that like if Carson was in that game, they would have won. I, I think the whole game would have changed a bit, and Seattle might have had to have been a little more aggressive. Uh, I want to take I want to take that statement back. Right. Anyway, I f- I forgot that I think that Carson Wentz is a dog shit quarterback. Uh, <laughs> so I I forgot. <laughs> but that. the fact that you but the fact that you see that is like all of now that now that McCown is in there playing, and they were they were letting him like run and actually pass and, and making great plays and stuff is, is another, it's sort of the goes into my narrative is that like, they just sort of play to whoever's playing. Right. And like, so all of a sudden he was having play success down or up to their opponent. Right. And, and which is the situation in, of the game itself, which is why I love them at green Bay. Um, yeah. I have been, so I've been a hedge master when it comes to these, this playoffs. Cause I have this fat Ravens bet that I place way early, like in October, um, so I, right. I which That's pays right. out like a thousand dollars. So I've just been hedging the shit out of like every other playoff team. Um, I basically have a bet on San Francisco, Baltimore, Casey, uh, Seattle. Um, <laughs> and now I've even taken it as far as I p- placed a bet on Kirk cousins winning the super bowl MVP because it was a, cause I could just see like weirdness <laughs> happening. Like the yeah. NFC seems so bizarre to me. So bizarre. I can see Seattle being in green Bay. I can see a world in which my Minnesota beat San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And, and then all of a sudden Kirk cousins sneaks into the fucking playoff or into the <laughs> super bowl. And he's the only one who would ever would win the, the, the championship or win this, the MVP. So, 
Now I have five fucking. I've got five bets. On I like the Super Bowl it right now. I yeah. Like so it. so yeah. if Tennessee, if Tennessee, <laughs> Houston or Green Bay win the Super Bowl, <laughs> I'm gonna be the maddest human being on earth. Otherwise, I've got a pretty decent amount of fucking hedges. Up. I, I think I think you're pretty safe on that one. I, I think those are those are absolutely the two least likely outcomes. So um, if 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 those do happen, I, you can't be mad at yourself because then I think the whole world is gonna be pissed off anyway. About the I, outcome of this football I, season, but I have I have one thing, I, I, one gripe I want to talk about quickly. Uh, going back to the Buffalo Houston game, did you watch that at all? I yeah, I watched uh, I watched parts of it. I think the second half or something. I was able to catch. Okay, so I, did you? So so here's a couple weird, like s- suspicious things that I noticed. Did it, Houston was definitely like had a they they took too much of the play clock on like their second to last play, like it. No one has mentioned this, but they they definitely should have had a delay a game penalty. There was it was zeros mm-hmm. for like I'd say a good beat, mm-hmm. and no one I didn't hear a fuck I didn't hear anyone mention it. I haven't, still haven't heard anyone mention it. That was a huge play. I think I kind of like remember Buff, that. I feel like Buffalo got fucked on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that there was a there was weirdness in that in that uh, penalty. The uh, what was it like a it was like a. a an illegal block or some shit like that, um, that had happened just before that. I feel like there were like two or three, like really suspect plays there at the end of that game. Yeah. And I mean, it was Buffalo's to win. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And it feels like at the end of the day, like just giving up that non sack and, uh, that huge play just kind of fucks you no matter what. But it was, I was getting very nervous that like, Oh shit, here we go. Playoff football, everything suspect. Um, <laughs> but I really honestly, after that, didn't see anything that freaked me out. I, I thought that the, they're just not going to call pass interference, so fucking give it up. Um, or they're not going to overturn it if they do, right? right? right. You know, like if it's, so, so let's just move on. Like That's just not going to happen. Well, the like, one I, thing I want to say is like the, the, the correlation no one's making about these pass interference calls, the one against the Saints, right? The, they, you know, they said it should be offensive pass interference, and I agree. Like, the guy pushed off, right? right. And I've seen that call play uh, this year. And then it happened in the Seattle game where they called offensive pass interference on, on Hollister, the tight end. And it was yeah. for like a first down, a five-yard gain or something. It, was, it wasn't much. And he, he barely even put his hands on the guy. And that was even borderline even like that's a push-off because they were both like sort of, you know, they're, they're kind of locked into each other anyway. So, yeah. so but they, to, to make that call uh, not against the Saints but then against Seattle and the inconsistency of that call is the problem that I'm having with all this stuff. And then, and then that they're saying that the Saints and against the Saints game, they reviewed it and didn't see anything. But if, but if they're not seeing it there, but their their refs are seeing it in another game, and it's far less uh, 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 of 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 whatever you want to call it of 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 a, of a bigger sort of a play or a bigger push off, then then they that's that's where I have a problem not, with it. And no one's they bringing that point up. It's not reviewable. They right. have to go back to the old rules and be like, guess what? Yeah. it's not reviewable. I, I think that, and I think From we talked on, about this before. I think that's the. I think that was maybe the ref's point. Maybe all along is to make sure that this gets changed so it's not reviewable anymore right to well, sort of I, strip a lot of this away from they're them. doing a fantastic job but they're fucking walking on thin ice because they've got huge games that are going to come down to like the wire for sure because that's how they want them to officiate they want these games to be close i don't think there was a like a, a blowout amongst any of these games and i have a feeling that we're probably going to see at least three games very similar there's probably one blowout in the next round uh and the referees are might be fucking themselves or they might be being very strategic and there's going to be a huge fucking game that doesn't a call doesn't get overturned and they're like yeah 
because it's not a fucking rule. Change it back. Yeah. And uh, and I and I don't blame him. Like I, I don't blame him. I don't think I don't think one refs one blown call in a playoff game should affect the whole the entirety of the NFL. It should just be like our bad. That's that. Sorry, fucking Sean Payton. Stop blowing fucking playoff games. Right. And uh, you won't be in this situation. True. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Let's move on to the divisional round. Great. Let's make some predictions that I will then counter boom, on my boom, own bets. Boom, 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 boom. So, rolling right into Saturday, January 11th, you've got the uh, Minnesota Vikings taking on the San Francisco uh, 49ers there. Um, Chris, Mm -hmm. I'm going to give this one to you. Because you you know San Francisco better than anyone. Uh. (laughs) Oh, can I also say this? That Hollister dude, he sucks. That guy is garbage. He is not a good tight end i think he was in new england for a bit yeah and everyone's like oh why don't we hold on to hollister you know why because he fucking sucks that dude drops passes he's slow he's fucking garbage like i'm so sad that fucking walt disney is not out there crushing it for the fucking seahawks right now because he would be the next fucking kittle but instead we got to watch this hollister douchebag who shouldn't he should be working at a hollister like he Ooh. should be standing out front of a yeah. Hollister, spraying people with cologne. With the shirt off, garbage. Yeah, it's gonna cost you a game. I'm telling you, dude, he's <laughs> uh, no good. Chris, he's already cost us, I believe, two games. Really? Well, he he's the one that on the goal line against San Francisco caught the ball and was like three inches yeah. short and didn't know how to get in the goddamn end zone. I forgot that was even him. Yeah, he's shit. Like people are like, oh man, if New Orleans would have held on to him, we'd have another Gronk. That guy is bullshit. <laughs> he will not be playing for your team next year. Sorry, he sucks. Uh, I think he will be actually because I don't think we have any other options necessarily. You got Walt Disney. Yeah, but he's so he's like the second tight end then, right? He's the backup basically. He's a little more offensive minded. He, I don't think he's that terrible. He's just been put in some bad situations where he's Dude, he's just he hasn't good. succeeded. I, I, I actually kind of like him because he's done a, he's done really good things come earlier on. in the season. Come on, right? Okay. He's put up big points. Chris, mark my words, he's going to cost you a playoff game. Well, it doesn't matter because he's already cost us games. So. I mean, oh, yeah. He cost he us basically the number one seed, I believe, in, yeah. in the, for the division against San Francisco. So whatever. Um, as far as this game goes, though, uh, San Francisco, Minnesota. When I first write, started writing these down, I was like, San Francisco minus seven. They're at home all day. They're they're playing well, um, offensive, defensively. I don't I don't know if like D Ford's coming back and whatnot, but if that's the, if he is, I, I don't want to call that a lock though. But I think they're defensive and their and their ability to 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 pressure the quarterback. You know. Um, and really kind of get after Kirk Cousins, make Kirk Cousins look more like he has in the past, except, you know, instead of last week when everyone's now is like all over his groin. Um, I mean, Chris Long take, like, I got to say that too. First of all, he's really settled in and that Ryan Rossello podcast. I like him a lot better than I did that first couple weeks. Uh, And second of all, he's like, can we get off Kirk Cousins dick? Like he won the game. He won the big game. Like, why are we like suddenly like, Oh no, he still sucks. And I'm, kind of like me like can we get off his dick like or is it just a matter of like new england just didn't pressure him enough or yeah i I don't know why we're not um why all of a sudden like kirk cousins is the second coming of tom brady now all of a sudden you know like why are we why are we like he wouldn't he won one game against a team like i mean they weren't even that great in that game like saints probably you could probably make the argument they actually blew that game like I, I so, I mean, this is – let me give you a quick uh, – a little bit of insight into the fact that I only listened to that second round because I was in a nightmare 
PA turnpike scenario. Uh, so I listened to both games on the radio. God bless my wife. So it's hard for me to say like what was happening, like how Kirk Cousins looked. But I do feel like you know he looked he good. Had, like he made he the nutted up. It, the, the whole thing, the, the whole basis of though, is like he. I think he he nutted up. He made one great play at the end of the game to get him down to the goal line, and now everyone's hanging their hat on that one play, basically going, "Oh, he can make the big play in a playoff game and stuff." And I'm like, well, "All right, he made he did." Let's he start sucking each other's dicks. You're right. You know what the the real answer is? Is like he finally discovered Adam Thielen. Right. Uh, and Adam Thielen's healthy now, but he was not finding him all season long. He did not trust in him. He did not know how to throw it to for him for what, some reason. Yeah, whatever reason. I don't know what it is. Like, so, okay, so he won one game. Can he do it again? I don't think so. However, seven points again now, though, with that Minnesota defense looked amazing. And that was the difference, I think, last week is their, their, their ability to pressure Breeze and stop the run at the same time. If they can do that against San Francisco, um, I'm – I'm not positive they can do it, but I'm not kind of willing to bet against them necessarily with seven points on the line. So it's, I, I wanted, like, again, like, and exactly like last week, like we just talked about, you know, we both were all in on New Orleans and then we, we sort of started thinking about it, you know, a day later going seven and a half points is a lot there for, to, for you know, not to take Minnesota here. So I, I want to say I'm taking Minnesota or San Francisco now, I'm saying, but it's, it's real tempting, especially depending on which way this line goes in the next couple of days. If, if you start getting more points here, you got to hit Minnesota. Does that make sense? 100%. Okay. You wanted me to go even further? Yeah, you're taking Minnesota. Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, yeah, yeah. He has better weapons. He's got a better running back. He's got better receivers. He's got a be- be- probably a better tight end because Kittle – no, Kittle's playing. Uh, I – it's gonna it's gonna come down to defense, and regardless, I think that this game is close. Yeah. Uh, especially because it's the first game of the if it's the it's the palate it's the it's the aperitif, if you will, of the uh, four games of the most <laughs> important four games of the season. This might be the uh, best game of the weekend, though, too. Actually, for sure it is. Right. For sure it is. This is the game. I mean, other than the fact that I can't wait to watch like how poorly Bill O'Brien and and Andy Reid try to like out fuck up each other, <laughs> like that's just going to be the ineptitude oh, bowl. Uh, <laughs> I will say this uh, before, just so well, remind me that there the the intern chimed in on a really hot uh, a really hot take on a, on one of these playoff games. Once we get to Houston, Casey. Oh. That being said, give me Minnesota plus seven. Okay, great. I, you know what? I think you taking Minnesota sways me to take them as well. Then, um, this is why we end up exactly the same, right? Yeah, I, I just, I'm not. I like, I, I like San Francisco. I think they're a really good team. I'm, I'm still not completely sold on Minnesota, but that doesn't mean that they can't keep this within a touchdown. I think Minnesota here. is the underachieving team that's coming into the playoffs hot. Like right. everyone thought it was the Eagles. It's not. That no, was smoke and mirrors. No, yeah. This is the team. Okay. Next team. Uh, Tennessee coming off a nice upset win. I guess you would call it upset win, although I think most. I think if you were smart enough, you would have seen that Tennessee could have easily have won that game or should have won that game if you um, had watched a single Tennessee game. I right, and you've been watching uh, New Orleans or uh, New England, you know, over the season too, which is which was sort of like again they were probably a lot of smoke and mirrors for for the most part and whatnot, and and uh, and as long as they couldn't stop Derrick Henry, they had no chance of winning that game. But this weekend, Tennessee plus nine against our Baltimore Ravens, Chris. Uh, any chance that Tennessee can keep this game within nine points? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> this shit's a blowout <laughs> for sure. I don't know if it'll hit the over 47 points, but it's a fucking blowout. Like 
don't even bet it. Like, just stay away. It's not worth like it's. There's not enough. There's not good enough odds on the money line. It's not. The points aren't even that good. Like a minus nine. Like this is a. Baltimore's had basically three fucking weeks to fucking prepare for this game, and uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but Ryan Tannehill threw for like 14 yards last week. Like, yeah, that was interesting. You can Derek Henry Henry me all the way to fucking wherever and Baltimore's like, a great love. enough defense where they can probably shut Derrick Henry down. And if that's it's the not case, even Baltimore's defense, like even if Baltimore's defense gives up fucking 200 yards to Derrick Henry, well, that's their true offense too. is just going to fucking run over Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. So give me, give me Baltimore. Right. Uh, that's the game where you're like, you're drunk. You stop watching it about like, I don't know, halftime. Cause it's just boring <laughs> at that point. Like you're like, Oh, do I really want to watch RG three play out the rest of this game? <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I, I'm with you on that one. Uh, Tennessee, I, I, you know, maybe there's a possibility they can kind of keep it close if they get lucky here or certain things, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I think I think Baltimore's the easy pick here, uh, no matter what. Next game, Sunday games here now. Houston. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. The uh, Houston Texans plus nine and a half on the road in Kansas City against our Mahomes. So this one, I'm just going to take this really quickly because because the intern gave me a – I asked him for a take. So just so everyone knows, uh, weeks ago we had mentioned whether or not – the NFL is very hot on their NFL 100. Um, and we were questioning whether or not the NFL had actually out – is the oldest football league. Uh, to which the intern finally listened to our podcast and chimed in that no, indeed, the, can, the Canadian Football League has been around since 1909, making them, I think, 11 years older than the NFL. Or any iteration of the NFL, okay. for that matter. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and just in case you're wondering, the French translation of the Great Cup is Coupe Grey, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Great. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Peter said uh, he doesn't feel confident, confident betting on any of these, but he likes the over in this one. So I, I was thinking about it. I agree with that. I, was, I, agree I with was that. Like, I was like, so yeah, this is going to feel like an ineptitude game, but is it like the kind of game where it's like, two like two bad like flag football teams where like just no one can stop the other team and yeah it's just, like, you're just chucking it down the field and there's like big play after big play and the over is only 50 and a half uh i i like the over i still have not convinced i i know what to do with the actual pick so i'd like to know what your thoughts are all right fair enough i i, I agree with you on the over i think i think you can hit that one easily don't agree with me you agree with the intern well, the, him too. I, we all agree. It's a trifecta of agreement there. Um, okay. However, Houston, I, listen, they, they were – I don't know how they got back into that game last week against Buffalo. I think Buffalo maybe even outcoached themselves a little bit on that one and allowed them, Houston, to get in there. Houston has a trouble, I think, stopping the pass um, to some degree this season. Their defense, I don't think, can even hang. It's kind, of a, it's kind of like the Tennessee-Baltimore game here a little bit. I don't think Houston can keep up with Kansas City – at all, uh, Kansas City does have sort of trouble maybe stopping the runs, but Houston maybe isn't that great of that and scary enough at that with wait, Carlos Hyde. Can, can we like there's all stopping these, the runs is like a job for like Pepto Bismol. <laughs> I have a hard time stopping the oh. runs. That's why I yeah. choose milk of magnesia. <laughs> anyway. uh, but but I think the problem with like in in saying that the over you know taking the over here is that Kansas City can't really stop maybe Houston's offense either necessarily, although Bill uh, Bill O'Brien can probably do that himself. 
Um, I just, I, I just, I guess I just believe in Kansas City too much, too strongly that I, I'm willing to, to give up nine and a half points on that to say that they're going to sort of crush them. Although I think this game is probably better served saying that it's going to be close and it's going to be an over that you should probably take the nine and a half points. But I'll, um, I'll, I'll kind of go against that and I'll just stick with Kansas City here because I think for somehow, I, I have a feeling Kansas City is going to be able to shut Houston down a little bit in a way that Buffalo did the first half and was able to do the second half. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. But you're right. I Stay mean, away from this game. Like, don't bet yeah, on this Yeah, I'm going to take the points just because mm. that I don't have a good feeling about, like, it, like I just don't. I don't, just like, I don't know what Andy Reid can accomplish. I, I think O'Brien's the worst coach in football, so it's like, ugh. <laughs> um, and you've got two great quarterbacks with two bad coaches, in my opinion. So I'll just take, like, I'll just say that it stays within 10 points and give me Houston. Yeah, it's probably the smart thing to do there. All right, so last game, Seattle plus four in Green Bay. Um, I, can start, I mean, this is this should definitely be yours. I, should, I can start this thing off here. I, I think yeah. Green Bay is probably the worst, like, one seed ever. I, I, for some reason, I mean, a take for you. Yeah, they're, they're, listen, I, I was high in the beginning of the year. I thought if their defense was good, I thought they'd be a Super Bowl contender. Now, after watching them, they, they seem to be very inconsistent. They can, they can run the ball with Aaron Jones, and then sometimes they, they get away from doing that. Aaron Rodgers is still like, I, I still don't know if he wants to play in this offense and the system and like the way they throw it. Like, he doesn't, I, they, I think they kind of cut his ability short in this offense. They don't let him sort of be his best uh, sort of uh, self, I guess, that he can be sort of and what he does best, and that's sort of creating and throwing the ball down the field maybe and getting his receivers, throwing his receivers open in a sense. Um, they, they, I, and their defense is, is, can be hit or miss as well too, right? They, they have a couple of good pass rushers. They have a good secondary, but they don't always do a good I don't job. I know of, shit about their defense, honestly. Yeah, like, like it's right. And that's, I think that's the point is like they're, they're sort of – like nobody's been watching them this year, right? They, they haven't been really must see TV. They've been they were shut down by the Chargers. Bo- they're fucking boring, right? Like it's a bo- it's boring to watch. It's it's and and honestly, like I think a little bit of this is uh, or Russell does this a little bit too. Um, it's, he relies on extending the play, and that's when things really sort of happen mm-hmm. for Green Bay. And I think that that's sort of been the offense. And I think that Lafleur is trying to coach that out of Aaron Rodgers, and ain't gonna fucking happen. Right. Uh, where Russell does it because out of necessity, I think there's just not a lot going on. Right. So he extends a play and someone breaks free right. or like, you know, people are hedging the run, which is yeah. not the case with Aaron Rodgers anymore. Right. So you've got two very similar style quarterbacks at very different stages in their careers uh, with completely different receiving weapons. I think that Green Bay has not like I don't like Green Bay's receivers. I I don't know how you feel. Besides about Devontae them. Adams. Yeah. I mean, th- those guys are I mean, they're probably on par with you know, uh, Seattle's guys who are probably, um, who might be actually a little underappreciated and undervalued maybe, but, um, yeah, I, I don't, there's, there's a, my, my key sort of takeaway with this is that their head coach was, was the offensive coordinator for Tennessee Titans last year, who was like the, one of like the, the bottom 10th ranked offenses in the league, right? right. He goes away. They, they bring in their, who was their tight end coaches. Now their new offensive co- coordinator in Tennessee. And now they have one of the, and they brought in Tannehill and then they're one of the best offenses in the league now this year. So like, it shows you that that, I feel like that guy is as much as he has a reputation he has as an offensive, uh, guy is like he sort of hamstrings the offense he tries to so play Aaron Rodgers is kind of an uncoachable quarterback 
Yeah, to some degree. Like, and, and I think that's the point. It's like you, you don't bring a guy in there to, to have a system that is like that you only do it this way, right? You, you sort of create an offense around Aaron Rodgers. And, and I think the guys, like you said, they're sort of fighting against that kind of in the system and whatnot. Um, so I, I, and so I don't know. For me, four points here, it seems like Seattle can kind of do just enough to kind of hold Aaron Rodgers that offensive in check. Uh, even though their defense isn't, you know, has been sort of again, it's it's not great. Even and I without, don't like it. Even without Mike McCarthy involved. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, yeah, and that brings up the history of these two teams in the playoffs over the last ten years. Like crazy stuff happens with these two teams. Yeah. Um. So I, you know, like I'm I I don't want to bet on this game either because I don't like betting on Seattle necessarily. But I I will take Seattle in the four bet. points and just kind of and just kind of go with it and see what happens. It seems to be like this is going to be the, this. This is a game that ends with a field goal. Uh, that I just I don't mm-hmm. know why. But it's it, close. It, this Comes down like the last that minute. Game. This is the one. Like it's the it's the late game on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Those always seem to come down to like the last play. Um, which, which regardless of who I think is going to win, I think that it keeps it within three points. And Seattle's getting four, so give me Seattle. Yeah, yeah. I think you just do it. You walk away from this game and you hope for the best. Yeah. Right? I uh, I think I. My I did some goofy fucking pick like early on in the week because I wanted the odds and I might have flubbed this. I'm not even gonna look it up. Like I just don't know. <laughs> I just felt I was like, oh shit, I gotta get these odds because they were there were some crazy ones. Um, and I think that the lines maybe moved a little bit since then, but probably not significantly because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, Chris, uh, I do want to say um, we never got a chance to, but rest in peace, David Stern. Uh, we gave you a lot of shit. You are uh, you are gone, but not forgotten. Yeah, you. Yeah, I listen. We've had our issues and differences with with him and and whatever. And, and we even talked about it offline about how all these um, all these sort of obituaries and stories about him in in all the sports publications and whatnot were sort of just effusively praising him and 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 talking only about all his good deeds and his good things and stuff. And I want to I, I want to make a point, and I just sent it to you yesterday, and I don't know if you got a chance to read it yet, but I have not. No. There's a there's a website uh, called True Hoop, which is uh, run by a guy named Henry Abbott, who is has been around the league a long time. He's had this own website for a really long time. Um, ESPN brought him in years ago. He was part of the ESPN brand, and then like a year or two ago, they kind of cut him loose when they were cutting costs and stuff. But he does a really good job reporting and writing about the NBA, and he wrote, which I think is the only legit. Uh, story and sort of uh, that sort of talks about David Stern truthfully and about all of his good and his bad. And it, it, it shows his true colors and and it shows his, his, him, his own dealings with Stern over the years and how he would handle him and, and treat uh, this guy personally from like one second to the next. And it's, it's really fascinating. And it, it shows that like, you know, like everything David Stern did for this league that was good wasn't necessarily David Stern's doing. He just had a lot of good people working in the office with him that brought in the WNBA and that brought about changes here and there and those kinds of things. But David Stern gets the credit for it. Um, uh, well, it should because he's the steward of the league. So he, he, ultimately he does, he does get those credits and that's fine. Whatnot. But I'm saying like, there's, there's more to David Stern than just, um, sort of of everything that everybody sort of glosses over and 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 heaps praise on him just because he passed away and stuff and and that's why Henry Abbott and that and that article that I sent you I think is if anybody should Google that one and look at it because I think that gives you the the true essence of of that man who David Stern was and what he actually did mean to the league positively and negatively. 
I mean, I, I, you, you brought up a good point, which is something that Jeff Van Gundy said the other night and the, uh, the Sixers Houston broadcast, uh, cause he was asked like, you know, the, whoever he was announcing the game with was gushing on and on Jeff Van Gundy definitely had some like issues and run-ins with David Stern. I don't think thought very fondly of him. Everybody um, does. Jeff Van Gundy doesn't think that fondly of him, right. uh, of anyone really. Uh, he, you know, he, he brought up the WNBA thing and that was the only like really good thing that he could say about him, Mm -hmm. which, you know, it is, it, that did fall under his, uh, under his watch and he, and he made sure it stayed going, made sure it wasn't a fad. He also left the league in good shape. Uh, I think everyone, although he stayed too long, uh, Adam Silver has, has been a positive, I think a net positive for the league. And in my personal opinion, though, I definitely am not that's I was never sad to see him go. I'll never forgive him, forgive him for what he did to Seattle. Um, I, I do think that there, there's something to be said for the fact that there, whenever there's a coaching change in the NBA, there's always a true black candidate. There's the, the, the number of black head coaches in the NBA far exceeds any other professional sport. Uh, the NFL is a disgrace considering the number of black players per, against the number of not just head coaches, but coaches in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I think that David Stern played a significant role in that. He kept the black in basketball and I'm at, at risk of sounding like fucking Jimmy, the Greek. Uh, like I, I think that there's something really that no one has said about it. The fact that it, it is there, it has been a pretty inclusive league since David Stern and has maintained that sort of thing that the essence after his retirement. And I hope it continues by being more inclusive to females and non just, and, and, and every nationality, not just black and white. Right. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah. And, and, and I think, I think, uh, uh, silver now, Adam silver has, has sort of taken that step further. And I think he's been even more inclusive in it, which I think is a good sign, a good trend going forward and stuff. But yeah, I, I think to your point, what David Stern, what he did, especially with WNBA with, with, um, coaches uh of minority and of giving them that chance and sort of and it's it's what his probably his greatest strength was was bullying people into into following his ideas and visions right and yeah. and there was a lot of that that story covers this especially with the WNBA well, gonna, is that he I'm bullied those as soon as he soon bullied as those owners into committing money to making sure that the WNBA did like never folded or went away like quickly and that it, it, it continued and thrived over the years because without that, they probably never would have made it this long and this far and right. stuff. So to your point, yeah, I think that's, that's probably one of his great strengths. And then also like, you know, stuff with, with his marketing and global branding was, was, um, I mean, it's a double edged sword, right? Because now he's in, he's all over China uh, there's another interesting story there about almost starting a league in China, like a, like an NBA China league years ago. How and how he actually was was at the like basically the one yard line, almost got it done, and then based pr- pretty much probably screwed it up himself and uh, getting it wiped away and stuff. But now that they're so big in China, and then earlier this season having having problems with with people speaking out against the the human rights issues over there and whatnot and those kinds of things, and that how this whole thing has sort of been. Uh, a creation of, of of Stern's vision and and desires of wanting to be this brand and being in bed with this a huge market and getting all this money from them. Yet at the same time, you can't sort of now speak up up out against this kinds of things. Um, can't have your cake and eat it too. Exactly right. And and I mean, you know, I think the whole thing with Stern was it was money, right? Everything was was had a dollar amount yeah. and value to yeah. it. Um, and, and that's certainly, I think, true. And, and, as, as, and, and that's, again, it's a double-edged sword of, of the success that he was able to bring to this league. And it also sort of 
holds them back to certain degrees too now in certain things. But um, anyway, yeah, I, mean, I think I think the fact that we are that we just tried to do a very uh, concise and uh, and and short uh, tribute to David Stern at the end of a podcast that turned into you know fifteen <laughs> minutes of us being very sort of conflicted and confused. And and ha- he, w- I, I guess what you could say is that you know he was a very human person. Like he was, he, he was, he, and and he showed a lot of that uh, in in the work he did. So uh, no one's perfect, right? No, that's for that's that's absolutely true, absolutely true. So uh, with that, is there anything else, Chris? Do you want to? That's all I got. About? Great. That's all I got. Great. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Hey. Peace. Okay. Okay.